Hey everybody, welcome to EdTech Tips in 10 CETA Sessions. I'm your host, John. And I'm your other host, Elena. And I'm your final host, Danielle. Welcome to the podcast. Daniel is the man, the myth, and the legend, but you're going to want to learn more about him because he's more than just a Zoom expert. So Daniel, I'm going to throw it over to you. Give us a brief introduction about yourself. Who are you and what are you doing here at the university? Yeah, sure. Thanks, uh, Lena and John, and thanks to all my audiences for listening to this. Um, so my name is Daniel Odum. I'm international student from Ghana, and I'm in the actuarial science program in my final semester um, in the master's program. And um, I'm with the CETA team. Um, I've been with the team in, um, since 2019. And so I have been around during the pre-COVID and then during the COVID time as well. So very happy to, to share with you some of the things that uh, I've learned from the student view and also from working with this team as well. All right, Daniel. I'm curious though, if you could tell our audience something interesting or fun about yourself that others may not know. That's really a good question. Uh, for me personally, I like cartoons a lot. So I wouldn't mind watching cartoons with Kate and sometimes my siblings would be like, oh, you are so grown up sitting behind the TV watching cartoons, leave this for the kids. So <laughs> I, I feel like even when I become like very old, I will still have that passion for cartoons. Thank you so much, Daniel. So. I've been hearing some professors maybe having a problem, especially with larger classes. So sometimes, you know, you're trying to maintain the class environment, but there's just, there's a lot of noise maybe coming from a microphone or someone just uh, doesn't realize it or is intentionally trying to be disruptive. How can I maintain a really steady classroom environment for a majority of my students? Yeah, absolutely. That's really a good question. And it's like you mentioned, it happens to all of us. So one way to go about it is there is a security feature button in Zoom controls. So once you click on that, you can suspend all participants' activities. And when you click on that, it will stop all, it will mute all students' um, audios, stop all their videos. And also um, if they are sharing any screen, it will disable that as well. So that's one thing you can use to control your class if you have some noise coming up. That's so great to know, Daniel. I actually just had a consult with a professor recently who has a 600 person class. I think that would be really helpful for that person because it's true that sometimes students will unmute and not even know it. And they don't know that their roommate is like banging dishes in the background and that's coming through. So that's, that's really helpful. But what I'm curious about, Daniel, is your thoughts on the somewhat new feature of breakout rooms where professors can have students self-select into their own breakout rooms. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So this is a new feature that Zoom came up with in their update. And so with the self-select or breakout room, I personally see that it helps to solve the problem of pre-assigned breakout room. 
in, with this feature, you can let participants choose um, the room that they want to join. And so all that the student would have to know is to know the groups that they belong. So if it belongs to room A or room one, room two, then the student can um, self-select those rooms and join any time that you create this breakout room. So that really helps to cut down the, the, the problem, the technical challenges that comes with pre-assigned breakout rooms. And it also makes it easy for students to join. And it saves you a lot of time in making sure that all your technologies and everything is in, is in order. Have you, ever had, have you ever been a student on the other side of like a breakout room fiasco? Outside university or in other Zoom meetings that I have been with, there has been a situations where they will divide out all of us into a breakout room. However, you would still find yourself in the main room and then the person has to manually put each individual into the various breakout rooms. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense and actually lines up really well with something that I'd heard professors talking about how they intended to use these self-selecting breakout rooms. I've heard now from at least three or four people that are essentially going to use them as a replacement for the pre-assigned breakout rooms that lots of people had set up because they just had kind of a variety of problems, just like what you were talking about, where they would try and do it automatically, you know, to save everybody the time and do it maximally efficiency. But as with technology, it doesn't always go how you plan. Uh, And I think there's been a lot of cases of students getting kind of like left out of the rooms and, you know, professors don't know why and they weren't sure what to do about it well you know now all you have to do is throw up a document that tells everybody where they're at and then tell them to go find their own room basically and you know it's a pretty minor onus to put on on a student to just like you know see which room they're in and click into it right it's not a big problem for them and it eliminates basically all the issues with you having to set up these huge long excel documents of pre-assigned rooms So I'm going to jump now to a question, something else that I'm rather curious about, Daniel, and I'm hoping you can give me some information about this. I've been trying to help professors get students really involved in interacting with the slides that they have. You want to try and engage them. Is there anything I can do, any way to make use of this feature I've heard of called the whiteboard? Right. So the whiteboard feature, when you are sharing your screen, you can share the whiteboard feature. And within the whiteboard, you can have what we call an annotation feature. And this gives uh, your students the opportunity to engage with what is going on in the class. And so the student can draw something, they can point to specific thing. And this also uh, applies when you are sharing um, your screen and displaying a PowerPoint presentation. And again, there is also a feature that lets you save all the annotation afterwards. You can save it as a PDF for a class that uses a lot of annotation where you point to specific things within your screen or on the slides, then you can save it for future use and you can put the annotated document on an icon for students to get access to that later. So that's one of the um, cool features that you, you have within Zoom. Yeah, I've even seen professors and, and staff members use the annotation feature to put up nine different rubber ducks and then they say, okay, put a stamp next to which rubber duck you're feeling today. And I think that's just a really great way to engage students right at the beginning of class. Absolutely. So one other feature about Zoom that I'm curious to hear your thoughts on are Zoom polls. Yeah, um, and Zoom polls is one of the features that I really like as a student. I love it when instructors 
administer posts within a class. And you can take a look at it from different points of view, from the student side and from the instructor side. If I look at it from the instructor side, what you can use the post to do is basically, you can use it to engage the student on a particular topic. And you can also use it as a mean that student can cast their votes from the student's point of view, for instance, if you want the student to vote for a particular action, then this is a means that the student can vote um, anonymously. And then they can also be confident that the decision taken after that is, is indeed the decision of the majority within the class. From the instructor side, you can also use it to take an attendance. And then we can get a report of this polling future. Yeah, I've personally been on the receiving end of some some great variability in terms of using the polls. Like you mentioned, you can use it just to find out how much people know about a topic, but also if it's kind of a more open-ended discussion-based course that can kind of flow into a variety of directions and you don't want to try and set a limit on that. And I know that we in our IT trainings also try and use that a lot where we have, you know, we'll have an hour of a training, but we'll only have like half an hour of dedicated guaranteed content. And the last half hour is, what are you interested in? Poll. Daniel, anything else you want to talk about polls? Um, just as John mentioned, um, it's a means to actually get to know whether the students are paying attention in class or they are not paying attention in class. And so student engagement would tell you that, oh, only three students have responded to that. So that is also a means to keep the students on track and to let them get involved within your Zoom class discussion. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Daniel. And so I, I love this idea of a poll because it, it doesn't put a lot of work on a professor to make a poll and then open the poll, but it is a really quick way to check in and make sure that students have not checked out. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, Daniel, for being willing to come in today and to talk about Zoom, all these cool features. We really appreciate it. I've learned a couple new things. Always nice to, to get your memory refreshed. Yeah, sure. I'm very happy to be here. And thanks, Selena and John, for hosting me today. Thank you very much. See you all in episode two. If you ever want to book a consult with one of us, the CETAs, the Student Instructional Technology Assistants, feel free to send an email to CETA, that's S-I-T-A, at uiowa.edu. And one of us will get back to you to set up a meeting. All right. Okay. See you soon. See you soon. Bye.